Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. Welcome to the next episode of Mosaic, the stories of real estate. We have got an outstanding episode for you today. Garrett Hand, one of the owners of Elite Property Inspections, is with us live in studio to talk about the ins and outs and ups and downs of property inspection in real estate in the great state of Texas. Welcome to Mosaic, the stories of real estate. This is Mike Nelson, CEO of Efficient Lending. We're a brokerage company uh, in Colorado, Texas, and Florida. And as usual, we are coming from the beautiful Rogue Media Network Studios, high atop the Alico building in downtown Waco. And uh, as always, I mention this, I love this spot because I get to uh, record these podcasts and these stories of real estate. And we're overlooking silos in the Magnolia campus and, of course, my beloved Baylor Bears. And I am super excited about this episode today because uh, a couple of reasons. First, it's going to be the first episode, actually, where I have my guest in studio, my good friend Garrett Hans. Say, say hello, Garrett. Hey, hey. How's it going? <laughs> All right. So Garrett made the trip down from Fort Worth, and we're still uh, in our uh, series of perspectives from the past and uh, I think Garrett's got some great stories to tell and, and kind of uh, what he does and what he's done in real estate and where he started. And, and it's going to be fun just chit-chatting. So, Garrett, before we get going, uh, who are you and what do you do? Well, uh, I am Garrett. My last name is Hand, Garrett Hand. Uh, I am the owner, co-owner of Elite Inspection Group. Yep. So we do home inspections for buyers, sellers, commercial or somebody that just wants to know what to fix in their house. So you do commercial real estate as well? We do, yes, sir. I did not know that. Mm -hmm. It's not as, it's slower uh, because the transaction's so much longer. Yeah. And um, so the low-hanging fruit is the residential. Yeah, okay, low-hanging fruit. Okay, so how long have you been in the greater real estate market? Uh, I've been doing home inspections. We're in our 10th going on to 11. And before that I was a real estate agent and I did that for five years, I think. So you've been doing this 15, 20 years. Yeah, too long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, so, so you're doing commercial or commercial residential real estate inspections. Mm -hmm. Um, so it, it, some people listening to this podcast don't really know where a home inspection comes in and the real estate transaction and why it's important, but First and foremost, it's kind of unique that, you know, I'm a lender, obviously, and you're an inspector. So kind of walk us through uh, just briefly where a home inspection comes into play. Who do you represent in the transaction? And it's kind of rare that a lender and a home inspector would actually be connected to each other uh, like we are as friends and whatnot. Isn't right. It? Yeah. yeah. So, so why is that kind of rare? Kind of explain to people what that what that's all about. Right. So the process for a traditional inspection it, the process is they've already gotten approved for their loan. They've already made a 
they've made an offer on a house. So now they're under contract. The very next step is they get it inspected during an option period. And they's the, 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 the buyer. buyer. Yeah, the so buyer. the buyer hires us to get an inspection and they have what's called an option period. And that's the time where they can get it inspected, negotiate repairs on what the inspection comes up with and uh, move into the house after that. Right. So that's the, that's the process where, and that's where we're at in the step of it. So, the only time that we ever negotiate or even talk to a lender is if they have a buyer that doesn't have an agent and they just right. need somebody to do a refi inspection or, but that's super rare Yep. because everybody's represented by an agent. They've already even talked to the lender. So we don't even communicate. And the lender doesn't want to know your no, inspection right. report. Right. Yeah, Most I, people don't want to know our inspection report. I, yeah. So it's funny because uh, I'm in three states. I'm in Colorado, Texas, and Florida. And it's weird in Florida and Colorado, I'll never get seller disclosures. I'll never have dialogues with inspectors and things like that, which is good. That's the right thing. Right. But for some reason in the state of Texas, real estate agents always send me seller disclosures and things like that. And I got to take them out because we don't want that information. Real I'll get underwritten. Real estate agents are, they're funny. <laughs> um, I mean, I have more stories than in any industry I've ever been in about real estate agents. And they, they try to do these things to get an upper hand is what they think. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But they're just making everything that much harder for themselves. Yeah. Yeah. I've had that experience with some of these sellers. Okay. So I want to go into your kind of where you started in real estate and, and that, cause I'm super interested in that. But before we get there, you're a home inspector. So you've inspected hundreds, if not thousands of homes, right? Yes, we do. Almost 2,000 a year. Okay. And so for 10 years, you're, that's a lot of houses. Okay. So here we go. What is the craziest thing that, you know, this is, remember, this is a PGG show. What is the craziest thing that you've seen? I'm putting you on the spot. You know, like you walk into a house and you're like, oh my goodness, I can't believe this. What, what is that story? I'll, there's a, there's a lot of PG, non PG topics. <laughs> One, and I'll say it's not, I mean, people can use their own imaginations, yeah. but there were two people in the shower. I walked out. One of them came running out, jumped in the car and left. So, you know, <laughs> there was probably an affair happening. Um, another is you'll have drugs just sitting on the counter. Oh, wow. Or, yeah. I'm in, on the coffee table. There's a, a plate full of marijuana or pills. I mean, it happens very, very often. The, the weirdest one for me and, and it, you don't think it's weird until you're in this moment Yeah. is I walked into a house and I'm doing an inspection and the seller was home. They opened the door, which we don't really like anyone to be home because it's course. awkward when they're home. Yeah. And so I said, is there anywhere we can't go? Is there anything, are the gates locked? You kind of have a routine to make sure that you can have access to everything. You're worried about dogs, I assume. In yeah. Some cases. Dogs. Yeah. Um, or just access of a doors locked or, in this case, it was an elderly man, and I didn't. They didn't say that this elderly man was going to be in the room sleeping. Oh my! And so I walked in the room to do the inspection, and had to have been late eighties, nineties, and it looked like he was dead. I mean, he was asleep on his back, as still as possible, and as you know, when you can tell when someone's breathing. Sure, sure. And this guy was, I mean, calmly breathing. And it took me, it took me a second and I was like, oh, you know, cause you don't know what you're witnessing in the moment. You're, yeah, everything yeah. in your mind is racing right then because we expect to see a dirty house. People are filthy. Uh, we expect to see weird things like drugs or 
a Halloween decoration that scares you because it catches you out of the corner. Of your eye. But you don't expect to see someone that you don't know if they're alive or dead laying in the bed. <laughs> oh my right? Gosh. And the so, homeowner left. They were gone. So what do you do? Do you wake the gentleman up? I didn't or? go in the room. I shut the door and walked out. And in my inspection report, I said this room wasn't inspected because of. Because you're you're inspecting light switches. Yeah, and I'm opening electrical. up windows, turning yeah. fans on, turning lights on, turning the heater on to 85, you know, yeah. getting it super hot, getting it really cold down to 60, all the things, making noise. Yeah. yeah. That's crazy. It was weird. So t- so you, you started out in real estate. You were a real estate agent. Did I was. You, g- give, me, give, me the, uh, give me the story. So on the that. backstory is I was in banking. Oh, I, I went, so we've got banking to real estate yeah. to, to owning a home inspection company. Right. I went, right. In college, I was a teller. I needed a, you know, you, you get a college job. You gotta have I a didn't job, want yeah. to work in the mall anymore. My brother was a teller. He said, be a teller. They work. It's good. It's good. It's after hours. Yada, yada. So I became a teller. I saw my branch manager and that this was back in the day when your branch manager was, you know, he was something in the city. They yeah, did the yeah. ribbon cuttings. They went out and got the loans. They were known. Yeah. And I was like, that's a cool job. And so I was getting my business degree and I wanted to be a, a branch manager. Yeah. Worked my way up quickly became a branch manager and then when i became a branch manager it was like i was an attendant at a gas station telling them go here go. i mean it wasn't the same thing uh and then the crash happened yep and i got let go from banking well it took me about it was a blessing in disguise because i was devastated because i didn't know what to do i only knew banking yeah yeah but my granddad was had to be on hospice so my dad and i took care of him I, at the time i didn't know that it was a blessing for me because I got to take care of him. Sure. Right. Sure. In, in, at, at, at the end of his life. And I was still looking for a job. No one was hiring a banker. No one, if you had any financial experience in the crash, you, you were dead in the water basically. Yeah. So I had a friend of mine who had a real estate team and he said, Hey, just, I'll throw you a couple leads while you're looking for another financial job, sell houses. And I said, all right, I'll try it. And I, it took me no time to get my license, which is another reason I think this industry is crazy because the entry, the bear, the entry yeah. standards are not good at all. Yeah. Got my test, passed it, started selling houses, was pretty good at it, and kept doing that. Well, then another moment in my life, I, I get divorced and I have a one-year-old, and I just couldn't lose deals. Yeah, right. Yeah. I, I was at a time in my life I needed to get paid. Yeah, yeah. And inspectors were killing my deals. They were scaring when I was a listing agent, they would scare the buyers away or vice versa. Yeah. Yeah. And I my business partner, his name's Mike Kemper, was on my real estate team. He would are he was already secretly getting his license to be an inspector because he wanted something that was every day. He didn't want to wait on the commission, right? Yeah. Yeah. So he decided he asked me one day because I was hot mad when I lost a deal because of an inspector. Let's right, because because if you inspect the deal, you're getting paid. So yeah, yeah every can, job. Yeah, so deals can fall out because, uh, and the inspector still gets paid, you're but right, the agent right. doesn't. Yeah, right. Like you could have a roof that needs repair, yeah. and the seller, for whatever reason, doesn't want to repair the roof, and the buyer doesn't want to buy a bad roof. Right, deal's done. Right, right. So the agent, the lender, everybody else down, title company, yeah, no one gets paid. paid, but the inspector does, and that's yeah. why he started yeah. that. And he said, I just, when I, when I was mad that day, and the, and it was actually an inspector that said something about the roof, and he was actually wrong, uh, but it scared the buyers away. And I was like, oh, and I was done at that moment. And, you know, I, I couldn't afford not to get paid. And he said, let's start an inspection company and see if we can change the industry and make it better for agents. And that's how we started. 
And so, you, and so your desire was, we need to do a better job on the inspection side because we want to support our buyers, sellers, and our and our real estate agents. Yes, I really think, I, and I'll say this confidently, and this is probably really the first time I've said it on air. Yeah. I mean, I've said it when I teach classes to agents. I really think the real estate industry is broken, and yeah. there's a lot of bad in it. And I really do want to make it better because, and this is the first time I've said, I'll say this out loud, really is, it's Mad Libs. writing a contract you just fill in the blank like a kid playing mad libs this is a very easy industry it could be very fun it's the people that make it hard Mm. and so we really wanted and that's how we started we wanted to try to make it better for inspections better for agents and the clients yeah that's interesting we have a common a common ground here because on the lending side uh i i I really don't like how my industry advertises and markets itself. Everybody's got this perception that an interest rate is the number one cost driver on a loan. And the way loans are priced, the way products are brought to market, it's not. And right. so, and so, you know, I got into this business because I had a strong desire. Candidly, it's also part of a ministry for me to help to help people financially with mortgages to make it better. And we're not doing a very good job of it because because our buyers just don't have an understanding of how these mortgages work, and and that's a lot of our own fault. And so, right. it, so I'd like to see that change. So we have common ground in our own little area, and I agree with you. It's Mad Libs. The contracts that come across my desk, I, I have to read them all. I read them, and, I, and I'm it's like, bizarre. What what just happened? Right. On this? You're just you're literally filling in the blanks. Right. You can't change the legal stuff. Right. It, it's this industry could be amazing and fun. And it is at times. It is. It is it's yeah. great. It, the people make it's it bipolar. Hard. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Perfect. The people make it harder than it should be. So do you now see so your company, you got a great company. So this is 10 years ago or so. Do I have that right? When yeah. did you start elite? What, what year was it? Um, well, we're going on your, we're in 10 and a half years. So what is that? 2013? Yeah. 2013. Yeah. We really started it. No, that's wrong. We really started it. We started it in 2012, but we didn't go live till 13 because we were trying to make the transition from real estate to inspections. Yeah. And, and we didn't, we didn't, hadn't told our team leader yet that we were about yeah. to abandon ship. Right. So 2013. So do you, th- I mean, if you were going to grade yourself, how you said kind of part of your mission was to make it better for agents and, and buyers. How, how do you think your company's done? I, I would like to hope that we've done really well. Yeah. Um, I mean, we mess up some. Sure. Right. You miss stuff, stuff on an inspection. It's how you deal with that that makes you a good company or not. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, I would hope that our legacy is that we've done good. Yeah. No, it, it is from, I know it is just from the kind of the common circles we run it. So do, do you remember how we met? Uh, about, it was almost four years ago now. Was I teaching a CE class? You were teaching and a CE. And you were a sponsor. And I was yeah. a sponsor. So uh, we have a common friend, Marty Wills, uh, Stewart title uh, in Fort Worth. Right. Uh, so th- talk about kind of your relationship with Marty and the title company and kind of how you guys work together and then how we met. Uh, I think it's an interesting story. Marty doesn't know this, but I have a love-hate relationship with her. <laughs> I'm kidding. She does. And my marketing rep, Diane, is really the one that gets to talk with her name's Diane Siverly. Her yep. and Marty are almost besties. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And, and Ma- Diane's wonderful too. And Marty likes to have me teach all day. Right. Because Gary, your guy. So what people don't know is I've sat in a lot of your classes. Your classes are over the top good. They're phenomenal classes. We'll get back to the class. Let yeah. me tell you about Marty. Okay. So Marty likes me to teach all day. I would prefer to teach two hours. 
and then go on and extend that over, you know, four weeks and, and go on with other stuff in my day. Marty wants to knock it out all at once. That's Marty. And Marty, and if you, if anybody that's listening ever meets Marty Wills, you'll love her to death. Oh, yeah. And you know that if you give her a task, she's a pit bull on a bone. Dog she, on a bone, And yeah. she won't White on stop rice. until it's done. Yep. Right? And so I tell Diane all the time when I, when I see a four-hour class, or I'm like, oh, my, it's going to be a long day. <laughs> and I love her to death. Yeah, yeah, so that's how we met was Marty had you sponsor. Yep. Was it at the Mexican restaurant? No, it was in the it was the Legacy Golf Club in. Oh, uh, that's right. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. What's the name of that city? Why am I blanking on it? Trophy uh, Club. Trophy Club. Yeah. 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 So I sponsored a class. That's how we met in 2019, and I was actually working in Colorado at the time and flying mm-hmm. in and out of Texas. We were in the process of moving down here, and uh, so that that's that's how we connected. Yeah, so, that's been a long time. Yeah. It doesn't feel that long ago. It doesn't feel like that. So tell me kind of, so you were in real estate right around the crash in 2008, 2009. Yeah, coming out of the crash. Yep. And then you were working in this industry through Dodd-Frank, which was the financial regulation that I sit under. Yep. Um, kind of compare and contrast what you see as the market happening today. You know, what's your perspective on, is this doom and gloom? Is real estate done forever? Or that's one extreme. On the other extreme is, have we been here before? Has real estate survived? Kind of give me your ideas about. I where don't we're think at it's and doom and gloom. Yeah, uh, we've had worse, a lot worse. Yeah, um, I think it's do. I think good agents that have been through it, but good agents, e- even if they just came in in this hot market, are going to sell houses regardless. Yeah, there's also case in point. Warren Buffett just bought a lot of stock in some new build builders, right? There's a, there's a lot of people that make a lot of money in this that will do whatever they can for it not to fail because they still want to make money. Yeah. So if you have the attitude that it's doom and gloom, then it's probably a you issue because mm. you're not working hard enough. Mm. And I realized that when I got into real estate is, yeah, it's there's a lot of time off if you want a lot of time off. But if you really are going to sell houses, you have to treat it like a full-time job plus a little overtime. Yep. And you have to work. And the people that do that never really feel the doom and gloom. They might feel a dip and they might not have the numbers that they had the year before, but they're still doing well enough to get through the dip. Yeah. And then they're the ones that are building the foundation. So when it comes out of it, because this is just a dip, right? And they're, in my opinion. Yeah. yeah. And so they're building a foundation because they're still working hard. So when it comes out of it, they get even bigger. In my opinion. Well, and also in this industry, I don't, I, 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 are there a lot of inspectors going out of business right now? Are you seeing yeah. that? Yeah. Yeah. So the, the, my general imp- impression is the people that have good processes in place and good foundation in their business will get through the dip and the rest of the herd uh, gets thinned. And I've been saying we need a dip for a long time yeah. because we need the bad to get out. We need bad agents to get out. And when I say bad agents, people that are part-time that don't really, that are stealing other deals from people, they don't know how to negotiate that well but we need bad vendors to get out as well yeah that are doing a disservice and again making this industry harder than what it should be so what's your outlook outlook for the future what do you think uh i mean what are you thinking i'm a little different so mike and i i was gonna let you know that you're a little different gary but i'm glad you brought that up (laughs) yeah mike and i sat down when it last june when it really started dropping a little bit uh and people people didn't really get it until about September of last year, right? Yeah, yeah. 
they just people people just don't understand it because they're not tracking their numbers or or they're not having conversations or they don't really know their business. It was like a last September last year was like a light bulb. I mean, yeah, but it started in it started in June. Yeah, 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 and then and so Mike and I, we think a little different mostly because me and I always have to wait till he gets on board and he would laugh at that because I'm the <laughs> one and this is this is why we've been successful not that we haven't had any headbutt moments but I'm the I'm the super aggressive one like let's try this let's go do this let's uh, whatever it is and he's the super conservative one and we always end up meeting in the middle yeah right so he pulls me back a little bit so I don't bankrupt us and I pull him forward a little bit to stay a little more innovative. And when we saw that it was dipping, we decided that we were going to go in harder. And so we're spending more money because we know when it comes out, if we meet more agents now, even when they're not selling houses, when it comes back and they are selling houses, they're going to be like, oh, yeah, you lead inspection group. So we hired a new marketing rep. So um, we're we're actually based out of Collin County. Oh, okay. and so, but we hired a new marketing rep for Cleburne, Fort Worth, Waco. Oh, wow. So okay. we have, so we're going to, we're building that territory. We're about to hire a new one that's going to do South Lake Denton, Louisville, Flower Mound. And so we're actually investing harder, right? What's the term that the rich people say is when everybody's panicking, you've invest. Yeah. And yeah. when everybody's fat and happy, you pull back. We're trying, we, we, that's kind of our mentality. So the future to me is bright because. I'm going to try to take everybody over right now when they're panicking. Yeah, no, you're, you're right. Because when interest rates come down and they are coming down, yeah. uh, everybody thinks, everybody, let me, I'll be more specific. What I'm hearing when I'm talking to buyers and sellers and people in industry is they think there's going to be this great reduction in opportunity and cost when interest rates come down. And people, it's just not right. There's no inventory right no, now. Zero. So as soon as- Why do you think Warren Buffett bought, uh, put Builder. money in builders? Because- that's where the inventory is. Correct. That is correct. As soon as rates come down, all this pent up demand for housing is going to come. And we're going to be back where we were a few years ago, where you get these crazy bids over asks. You have inspections that are waived in homes. I mean, I'm going to oh, assume you, th- you, sh- you should think a buyer should never waive the inspection on a home. 100%. <laughs> Even on a new build. Yeah, why is that? I mean, walk into that a little bit. On a new build? On anything. On, uh, why, but, would you, why would you? Because uh, I was seeing contracts all over the place that had inspections waived. And oh, I'm yeah. thinking, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah. Why we would have agents that? that would tell us, hey, they just didn't want to do it. Or or we had a zero option, which we came up with products and ways to get around that. But they would waive that because they didn't have time or the, they knew the seller wasn't going to fix anything anyway. You always want one regardless because if you're going – if this is going to be your biggest investment, which with some people it is, some, some people, people it's, it's not. not yeah. yeah. But if it's going to be a huge investment in your life, why wouldn't you want to know what's going to cause you even more money? Yeah. Right. Yeah. You could put you could buy a house for five hundred thousand dollars in roof foundation, HVAC, water heater. You're you're up to a, another hundred in investment to try to fix it if you don't go in there. And sometimes their insurance will cover like a new roof. If you don't get an inspection and even know that it's bad, you don't even get to go to their insurance to say he fix it. Right. Now you're on the hook for 30 grand. It's, Which it's bizarre good. to me that people don't do it. Yeah. Bizarre. So all the classes you've taught, you've taught a gazillion classes. What's the top one or two questions you get asked from agents or buyers, sellers, whomever uh, on, on a class? I don't know if there's actually a top question. I think the, the most common statement is they're not a home inspector. They don't need to look at the house that hard, which is bad. You're saying the agent. The is agent not a, yeah. says that. It baffles me. Yep. So I, I, said, this, I said this yesterday. 
uh, and I firmly believe this, and it sounds very arrogant, but I'm, but I'm confidently saying this because I said it, the class I teach, I teach all my classes. I teach what can agents see when they walk to property? Yeah. The inspection is the number one deal killer in the negotiation. So why not know what's going to come on that? Why not be ahead of the game? You're going to win the negotiation if you know before the other agent knows what's happening. And I think because of that, my class, and I, and if it could get recognized by anybody, it needs to be, not just because I teach it, because the information that's there. If anybody else was teaching this class with the same information, I would still think it was the best class for agents that they need to take. It's a phenomenal class. They always yeah. have to take contracts and legal and ethics. They yeah. have to take those classes. Or a lot of them will take farm and ranch or... Um, something about loans or, you know, they got to learn how to talk interest rate. Yeah. They always take these classes, but their number one job is to help their buyer in the process. Well, if you don't know what's going to happen with the house, if you don't know that something's wrong in the house, can you, how can you actually truly help them? And you can know ahead of time before I even get there. Right. Right. So yeah, that's the number <laughs> one statement is, well, we're not the inspector. You are. And I'm like, oh, my 14 year old daughter can point out the summit. That's a broken window. Yeah. You don't have to be inspector to know that's a broken window. Yeah. It's, right? uh, so I, I buy into what you're saying so strongly. I'm going to sell my house probably first part of next year as a seller. I'm going to actually hire your company to inspect my home because I, I think that'll give me a negotiating advantage because it's an older home and it's a great house, but I, I kind of want to know. It's funny you say that because when I was a real estate agent, I got, when I was on the listing side, I got all my, sellers to do a pre-listing inspection yeah we would get it fixed or not we would know how much it was cost it would cost to fix it put it on the seller's disclosure and it was hey we're being wide open and transparent right i had buyer agents calling me when i was a listing agent asking if they could use our report instead of getting their own inspection Yes, 100% of the time. I don't want you to hire somebody else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right? It, it baffles me that people don't think of this stuff. Yeah. To me, it's logical. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. But it, but it's not. People do not do it. And as a seller, the reason I think it's smart for you doing it is because pay, paying $500 to get $10,000 is a no-brainer. Yeah. If I gave anybody in all of Waco or Colorado or Florida – 500 bucks. And I said, if you go to the casino and you put this on black, you're going to get $10,000. Everyone would do, do it. it every time. A hundred percent. Yep. But when it comes to their house, well, uh, mm, mm, I don't know. I need it. We'll just see what happens. Uh, and I'm like, okay. Okay. So you mentioned new builds, inspections on new builds. Now I got some pretty passionate feelings about new builds in, in Texas right now, but why do you think people should get a new build inspected? Because people are building them. <laughs> next yeah it's, yeah well first of all the most important inspection in all of the home in all of what real estate encompasses and all of what i do is the pre-drywall inspection so before they put the insulation and sheetrock up we can see all the plumbing. oh so you're inspecting pre-drywall oh yeah you we can see all the plumbing we can see all the electrical we can see how the structure's put together we can see the hvac ductwork. we can see the vent for the bathroom we can see how it's held onto the foundation we can see everything once they put the insulation and sheetrock up, here's a story. Uh, give it to me. Um, there was a lender that in the Metroplex that uh, we I, I had, this was probably six, seven years ago, that we'd done a lot of marketing stuff with that was going to get, that was building a new house in Lucas. 
for those that are listening, Lucas Fairview is is a, is a upscale neighborhood with one of the top schools in the nation, and they were building this, and it's a custom builder that were that was going to build it for them. And I said, oh, I said, who are you getting an ins- are you getting an inspection before at pre drywall? No, we're not going to do that. And I don't care who they use because in our industry, like I know hundreds of lenders, I know hundreds of title company reps, right? For me to think that somebody doesn't know another other another right, inspector right. other than me is is crazy crazy yeah and so <laughs> he said no the builders are it's a really reputable builder and they do their own little thing before and i was like oh, okay cool no big deal they move in the wife is soaking in the bathtub the first night they move in in the master bathtub we moved in this is my new house drains it their entire master closet with hardwood floor floods and it goes into the master bedroom and floods so they got to figure out what's going on it ruined the hardwoods but they're in and of course it's under warranty sure but it took about four or five months for all of it to get remediated and And you're worried about mold and all those kinds of yeah yeah and what happened was when they took the sheetrock off the wall they didn't connect the plumbing pipe there was a gap in it so all the bathtub water that was draining out instead of that could have been caught yeah easily yeah that's why because people are building it and not to say that people are bad everybody gets mad at builders that are building it well the guy might have had a bad day at home yeah. when he went to work he might have gone to lunch and came back and forgot where he was at and started the next thing or case in point sometimes like with sheathing on a house which google that if you don't know what it is sheathing on a house is behind the brick it's like to keep moisture and water out It'll say to how one product will say how to install it and another product is different. Well, if they're using one product at a one community and they go to another, they're going to still install it the same way, even though it's a different product and it's right. wrong. Not maliciously. It's just people building it. Yeah. We, we have to inspect that. Yeah. No, that's great. I appreciate that. All right. As, uh, as we kind of wrap up a little bit here. So it's done? It, no. Well, we can keep going as long as you want. Hey, I don't care. I'm having a good time. Yeah, well, I'm having a good time, We can make it a three-hour yeah, podcast. We could, but let me get hungry for lunch at some point. <laughs> so uh, give me. So you, you've got a breadth of experience, obviously. Real estate inspections, uh, you're investing, growing in your business. If you were going to, you know, you're you're at a in your neighborhood and one of your neighbors comes up to you and says, what's the one thing you've learned? What's the one kind of pearl of wisdom or nugget of wisdom about real estate in general? Where would you tap into your experience and kind of what would you say to that person just asking, what have you learned? Take emotion out of it. I would 100% tell anyone, agents get too emotional, buyers and sellers get too emotional. If you just treat it as a financial financial transaction, you will do what's best for your family. If you do it emotional, you're you're gonna do it. You go all over the place. I've seen it way too many times that people get too emotional, and it causes them to make rash decisions or bad decisions. So, what are the emotions on? Is it I love this house, I've got to live here, or I've got to move? I mean, what? Where yeah, are the, the seller the from? seller takes it personal <clears throat> that the buyer is asking for something to get repaired. This and they love the house, and I can't yeah. believe it. Nothing's wrong with this house, and they're so emotional. They'll well then they negotiate in bad faith because they're mad at the buyer. Yeah. The agent, instead of just using it as a financial, they're a facilitator. They get emotional with them, and they get mad at the other agent. And now they're wanting to just win instead of no, we're we have the same goal. Let's get it to closing. Yeah. So if everybody would take emotion out of it, which is hard to do, it's super hard to do. Yeah. Right. 
a lot of people th- don't think I have emotion and, and we'll, I'll talk to you next podcast. We'll talk about people thinking I don't have emotion, but sometimes you gotta, you gotta take it back and compartmentalize it. And I think that's one of the biggest things. If people could get that out of real estate, man, they're going to, who are the most emotional buyers, sellers, agents, 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 and agents make buyers and sellers more emotional. I see that all the time. Yeah. How, how do you see that manifesting? <clears throat> I mean, where do you see that coming? Is it, is it just because an agent needs to get paid? I yeah. Mean, yeah. Yeah. So the average agents is selling five to seven houses a year. That's it. Yeah. And so the good ones don't get emotional because they're selling a lot of houses. They don't need that one. And it happened to me. Remember yeah, I, yeah, I yeah. was losing deals and I needed them. <clears throat> and so when you're having to make a decision based on, I need this to close, you get emotional. Then your buyer or seller gets emotional. If the person that's going to win the negotiation is the one that can walk away. I, I, I could not agree more with you. You're a hundred percent correct. Um, I, when I was building and managing sales forces in corporate America, one of the greatest techniques I would teach my salespeople because they'd be so wrapped up emotionally involved in this transaction it might be a multi-million dollar contract. This is kind of big time corporate America saying, look, don't be afraid to walk away. Yeah. Don't be afraid to unhook the deal. Yeah. Cause if you can unhook a deal, you never had the deal in the first place. Yeah. And that's one of the hardest concepts. I see it on the financing side with mortgages all the time where people are just emotionally attached. They want the house. They think they know the best way to acquire the financing. And then I'll show them hard facts, math. I mean, mortgages is math. It's, it's, it's fact. It's not, <clears throat> I'm not making stuff up here. Here it is. It's numbers. Right. And you'll walk through these scenarios and people will just tell you you're wrong. Like, okay, I, I can be wrong, but one plus one always equals two. Yeah. I, I don't know how else to tell you that. And you see these emotional engagements and it just, it doesn't help. And, and before we get off, I want to compliment yeah. you on that. So if you, what is this episode nine? I don't know. It's something so like that. Eight or nine. If, if you're listening or, you know, Mike, I'm giving him a compliment on this and it has nothing to do with he and I are friends because I have somebody that I consider my brother is a lender. Okay. So I'm saying this no with y'all knowing that he's a lender. Yeah. So I don't have to say that another guy that I know that he would be, he, he would be close to being a brother is a lender. So when I say this about Mike, it has nothing to do with because we're friends and I want him to really succeed. Yeah, that's a given. I'm saying this, here's the compliment for you, Mike is I've never heard a lender approach it like it's a math problem. And here's the answer. And when you, you sat down with me and after I taught a class and we were just talking about stuff and you were like, oh no, I've been in finance and I've, I just approach it as a math equation. And if it doesn't work out, it's not good. If it does work out, here's the exact end. And you had all these things. And I was like, whoa, as a matter of fact, I told the number one team at Coldwell Banker in the state of Texas, you need to have this guy on your, as one of your vendor reps and use him and I, and I didn't say that about my own guy that I think is my brother. Oh, and now he, now he knows that. He, he, if he's, <laughs> he's going to listen. Trouble. Yeah, yeah, now he's going to listen. But, but you approach it well, so that's different, kind of, and that's a compliment to you I because I've been in this industry a long, 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 long time, and I know a lot, a lot, a lot of people. And the way you approach it was drastically different to the fact where you, you don't know. You know this kind of, but I text my business partner right after we talked, and I was like, hey, when we, when we buy our investment stuff, we have to use this guy. And that's well, pre- not using my 
yeah. who I would say my flesh and blood is. Well, I appreciate it. that's kind. So what's interesting, one of the things that thanks for the kind words. So one of the interesting things that I've learned in this real estate industry, kind of my story through it, is I got into this in 2016. I, don't, I won't get into the story, but uh, I had to for a family reason. I had I had to have a job in which I could structure my own time. So I came out of corporate America, pretty high level in corporate America. And I was uh, an officer in a publicly held company. And so all my financial pr projections um, and everything were given to the to the board. Uh, uh, and then ultimately part of packages going to the SEC. And so in the corporate world I came from, there was really very little emotion. You had to have your finances and your numbers and your metrics. It's it's black and white. It is or it isn't. And so what's interesting, I, I see a lot of work in real estate in all sides, lending, agents, buyers, sellers, inspectors, title, yeah, title that don't have a background where emotion is valued less and just hard data is valued more. Because in real estate, I would say emotion is valued more than hard data. That's kind of been my experience. Yeah. And I don't think it serves our industry very well, to be I honest agree. with you. I agree. I learned to take emotion out of it when I was in banking and, it, and the market crashed. And one of our goals was to try to get clients to sign up for credit cards. Yeah. Yeah. They they can't. Right. Exactly. No one can get credit. And yeah. that's a goal you have for us. And I knew right then, oh, oh this is a business decision. Yeah. So uh, coming up on one of my next series, I'm going to be talking to investors, uh, real estate investors. And I, you just mentioned a minute ago, you and your partner looking at some real estate investments. So I'm going to have you and your partner come back on and talk about kind of the process and the procedures you're going through as you as you look at investors. Because I know a bunch of some investors have, you know, many, many properties. I've right. got others that are in the middle and then I've got some that are trying to break into investing. Right. And I think it's, there are great stories about how people are approaching it and how they're thinking about it. So would you, would you come back yeah. on for another podcast? Uh, we'll, we'll make it in, in person. Hey, it's, it's better that way. It, it's, to, it's, a, it's a lot more fun for me. Yeah. That's for sure. But uh, either way is good. What, yeah. anything else you want to add before we uh, close out and get on with our uh, lunch over at the Baylor club? No, I think I want to do this once a month. I enjoy it. This is kind of my style. I'd rather You're do this on. than do an inspection. <laughs> well, I'd rather, I'd rather do this than figure out amortization tables. There you go. There we go. Yeah, yeah, well, Garrett, yeah. thanks for hanging out with us. And uh, we'll have you back on. And you'll be our repeat guest. And, Perfect. Uh, we'll keep going. So appreciate you. All right. Have, have a good one. All right. You too. Thanks for joining us on Mosaic, the stories of real estate. And a big thank you, as always, to Rogue Media Network and their support of this podcast. They're so appreciated. My name is Mike Nelson. I'm the CEO of Efficient Lending Incorporated, a mortgage company located in Colorado, Texas, and Florida. You can reach us at YouTube at Efficient Lending or on Facebook at Efficient Lending. And of course, I always love a phone call at 720-419-3016. Email works as well at mike at efficientlending.net. Efficient Lending Incorporated, NMLS 1876539. And my individual NMLS number is 1314188. As always, thanks for listening to Mosaic, the stories of real estate. And we look forward to connecting with you again on a future episode. This has been a Rogue Media Network production.